If you're an entrepreneur, then the work you do is sacred. And this podcast is here to help you create more money, more freedom, and more impact as you do it. Welcome to Sacred Work, the go-to podcast for women in business ready to learn about sacred selling, sales funnels, and online business strategy. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and let's dive into a brand new episode. Hi, and welcome back to Sacred Work. If you are new here, my name is Taylor Ray, and I am so excited to help you build your business through what we share here on the podcast. And today, it's not just me sitting down with you, but I have an incredibly special guest here also. I'm so excited to bring to the podcast today the amazing Natalia Benson. Natalia is a client and friend of mine and someone that I truly believe brings so much to the world through the work that she does. Natalia is a spiritual business strategist, a money mentor, and an astrologer that specializes in helping her clients create conscious businesses and shows women around the world how to unlock financial literacy and empowerment so they can make meaningful choices and changes in their lives. The conversation we have in this episode is so powerful and it is truly one of my favorite interviews to date. Whenever Natalia and I speak, we go deep, bringing a layer of vulnerability and true sharing of our own experiences within both life and business without shame or fear of judgment, which is why I am so glad we were able to record one such conversation to be able to share with you here. There is a lot of tangible takeaways for you around business, astrology and money, but there's also a lot we discuss outside of that. Letting the conversation filter into topics like marriage, motherhood, our own childhoods, transformation of identity, and lessons we've learned along the way from both the big successes and the very challenging moments. I truly believe there's so much potency in the stories we share in this episode, and I am so grateful to Natalia for sharing so openly with us. It's an honor to bring this to you, and I truly hope you enjoy it. If you do, please let us know by tagging us on Instagram. You can find Natalia at Natalia underscore Benson and myself at This Is Tay Ray. Enjoy. We're here. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited. I just like to hang out with you. So this is like a dream. It's such a joy. Like, and we got to do one for your pod last week, which was magical. And now this week, like I'm enjoying getting to just do these like hour combos week on week. It's very nice. (laughs) Well, we just get along so beautifully and it's just a joy. Like literally, like when we work together, it was a joy and now we get to do this. So it's like, this is perfect. I love it. I'm like, we should just start our own little side podcast. It'll be my third podcast. (laughs) We could just also just chat every single week. How fun. (laughs) I'm down. So don't tease me with a good time, boo. (laughs) So good, Angel. I'm so glad we're here. This has been a long time coming, this conversation. I've been dying to get you on the pod and it's so nice that it's finally lined up. Yeah, all the good stuff is coming. It's my fault. It's the Aries Manny Gen. I've like rescheduled six times. I'm like, Taylor, like (laughs) we're going to do this, but it's going to be at the perfect time. I swear. I was like, divine timing, it will work out how it's meant to. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you. Thank you for coming. I'm sure most people know who you are. I talk about you all the time. I adore you. But those who don't, who have been living under a rock, please just shed a little light. Give Give us the spiel. 
Oh my God. So yeah, a quick spiel. So basically I'm a spiritual business strategist, money mentor, and an astrologer. And really what I I would just say is I'm a seeker on the path. I love to learn. I started my first business at 19. I took an entrepreneurship class in high school and I was like, what? This is awesome. It was only a semester, Mm -hmm. but that was like my first little stint. And then when I got into college, I wanted to quit so many times. And my parents were like, no, 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 please just stay. And I ended up having a little bit of a moment talking to my dad one day when I was 19. And I just hung up the phone with him and I was like, I'm never asking that guy for money again. I was like, I've just got to start making my own money. So there I was at 19, just started my first business, a jewelry line, had it for nine years. And throughout my 20s, did that, did lots of little businesses, little side jobs, lived in Los Angeles. And all the while just, you know, started what I like to call like essentially like my spiritual journey, lots of yoga trainings taught myself to meditate. Like I was really just looking for a break from my anxiety. So, which I didn't even know that that's what it was at the time. And I mentioned all of this because there at the end of all of it was just me, me seeking me. And the business as it is now is just a very unique sort of formation of all of the things I love, all of my experiences, and really just following my intuition and my heart and just listening. And that's really, that's really it. (laughs) I love that so much. What a lovely way to describe what you do as well. Like just as a seeker, there's obviously so much to what you do and like how you help your clients and everything. But I love the integration of just all of the parts of the journey and how you honor that so fully in the way that you show up and the way that you do business. And I think that that's, that's one of my favorite things. And you and I have talked about that so much, like the importance of authenticity and like actually showing up as yourself. And do you feel like, you know, your journey has really brought you to that point? Like, do you feel like there's been points where you felt like you had to be something else? Oh my God, 100%. I mean, this might be a a bold statement, but, you know, in my 20s, when I was living in Los Angeles, I definitely didn't see wellness and astrology and any of this regarded with any semblance of coolness or I don't know, honoring. Like, so I always thought that I had to be something else and someone else. But at the same time, I just stayed so devoted to being me. And some people just didn't get it. Like they wanted to get it, but they were like, what are you doing? And why are you a DJ? Why are you an astrologer? Why are you reading tarot cards? Why are you doing jewelry? Why are you doing that? Like everyone was like, why are you doing all of these things? And it was just like, I mean, first and foremost, I was just looking for a way to heal. Like that was my biggest thing. Like I just wanted to make my own money and do something that felt authentic to my core, not what everyone was telling you to do, which at the time, and this might sound 
a little bit shallow, but, and it was, but I just feel like everyone expected you to like be a model or be famous for nothing. It's funny. I'm like born in 87 and now that's like kind of getting a little older, but like, (laughs) you know, in my years living in LA, like I feel like there's always kind of like the, I don't even know the word to use this, but I know like Paris Hilton was really big. Like now maybe we could say it's like the Kardashians, but that was sort of the temperature and the flavor in Los Angeles at the time. And here I was like meditating alone in my apartments. Like I remember one time I was going through a really big breakup and I knew that that night, like I wanted to like go out and party because I used to do that all the time. I wanted to go out and party. I wanted to forget about everything. Mm -hmm. But my soul was like, you need to sit down at your meditation space and you need to talk to your ex and like forgive the whole situation. Like you can't run. So I remember my roommate left and I like stayed home, worked with myself at the altar and like talked to my ex to like try to get over it. So this is the shit I was doing. And that's one of many things. And I also, I worked all the time, like my jewelry line, even though it was never, I wouldn't say we were ever super profitable, but I did live off of it for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And to do that, I had to stay very focused and committed, even though I had zero self-confidence. So to answer that simply, I love that question too, babe, but I feel like it was like, I don't know, like at the end of the day, I definitely like stayed committed to myself, but it definitely wasn't easy Mm. considering like where I was living. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I guess one of the biggest things I take out of that is the permission to sort of shift and go into different directions and to follow what you're called to in different seasons of life. I know that for myself, that's been a difficult journey to sort of, not that it's been difficult to do it, but I think difficult to come to terms with it being an okay thing. You know, it's almost like I put a lot of pressure on myself that you should be building on this one track and continuously moving up. And if you pivot, you know, you're you're shifting directions and you're starting again. And I think a lot of people feel like that where they're trying to find themselves and they're trying to figure out the right direction for them. And I guess, you know, you're someone that's done that with such beautiful grace, you know, going from DJing and then the jewelry side of things and then astrology and business and money. Like there's been so many beautiful shifts and it all seems (laughs) to have just been such a, a culmination to where you are today. For someone who is maybe struggling and in the midst of trying to figure their shit out and feels like they're just like ping ponging from one thing to the other, what would you say? I mean, actually this morning I had my hot seat coaching with MWMM with my money membership and those are always very sacred spaces. You know, we both love that word. Like it was a very sacred space and this sort of energy came up today of just like, okay, I want to wipe this slate clean in my business, but I am afraid that that means I'm a quitter or I'm going to make past mistakes or like or I'm losing everything. And here's the thing. The journey is the journey is the journey is the journey. And what came through so beautifully in that call and in that transmission between me and this beautiful woman is I just was like, listen, I mean, I have started over in air quotes so many times, but I was never starting over. I didn't look at it that way. I look at the journey as the journey. And when you follow your, this is going to sound cliche, but it's true. Like when you follow your heart, which is not always the easy answer, it's not going to be linear. 
like you're going to be on a journey of exploration. And especially whether it be like self-discovery or your business, which I think are synonymous, you are going to have to stay committed to listening to the subtleties because some things are going to be blaringly obvious about what to do next. And sometimes you are going to feel confused and not sure what to do. And this is why I never leave behind. And I know you don't either, Tay, but it's like, I never leave behind the energetic and the spiritual conversation with business and money. Because if we're just talking about the sort of left brain, like this is what you do, or this is how you get ahead. I just think there's so much missing. To me, it's built on a foundation, at least that doesn't work for me and never did. So if you feel lost, you feel confused, I mean, know that that's part of it. And those moments are not there to break you down. They're there to call you forward. And that's been, I think, one of the biggest lessons of my life. And I still move through this all the time. I mean, Taylor, I boxered you in my like, hardest moments with my work with myself. And I just feel like the message that kept coming through for me this year was like, the pressure makes the diamond. Like if you can't handle the pressure, explore that. Like, what am I making the pressure mean? Am I rushing? Because usually when we're trying to rush out of a process is when we feel the most pressure. But when we surrender and like, I'll tell you something really quickly. I hope this is helpful for your babes listening, but last woke up and I was just anxious and I've been doing a lot more, let's say nervous system work lately and just connecting to my body more. And so I asked my body and I was like, what are you feeling? What are you feeling right now? And it was like, I feel tightness in my solar plexus. I feel tightness in my, and anxiety in my upper chest. I said, okay, talk to me, tell me. And it started to talk and then I fell asleep and I was awake for like an hour It took me a while to get to that moment, but it was like, I use that as like, just like an example of how we can do that with everything, every single bit of our life that feels pressurized or painful or challenging, acknowledge it. And then what would you like to say and give it voice? And that's just been a really big saving grace for me lately, because even though I am in a chapter of my life where in so many ways I have everything I want. It doesn't mean it's still not hard. Like I quote unquote manifested this chapter and here it is. And there's still challenges. There's uncertainties. There's pain. There's like suffering. Like there's things that are just, and I don't mean that to sound like flippant, but it's like that to me is it's there at every corner and it's not there to take you down. It's there to call you forward. So I hope that that's helpful. And that's definitely been helpful for me. Still Mm. helps me all the time. Mm. It's such a good outlook. And I even feel like that a little bit myself at the moment. I'm in a very transitional period of life. I'm pregnant, due in May. Like I feel like there's so much ahead that's different to what I'm doing now. And that's a little bit scary, to be honest. It's exciting, but if, and I try to lean more into the excitement (laughs) than the fear because it's basically the same emotion, just different outlook. But that even for me is, you know, it's this beautiful reminder of like, it's calling you forward. Like, how can you listen to it rather than resisting it? Like, where is it actually calling you to? What's it taking you towards? So no, that's, I'm sure that'll be helpful for so many people. And, you know, I love what you say about the journey with healing. And you mentioned that at the beginning in terms of 
you know, the conversation that you had with your dad and you're like, I'm never asking him for money again. And sure. the continual inner work that's gone on and the healing. Let's transition and talk a little bit about the money side of things. Obviously, that's a huge component of what you do within MWMM, your Magical Women with Money membership. It's so beautiful. Why is financial empowerment of women so important to you? And how do you integrate the healing? Like, how is the healing side of things so paramount in the journey of creating that financial empowerment? I mean, my dad's a retired, well, he's a Scorpio, not retired from that. He's still a Scorpio, but he is a Scorpio, Scorpio CFO, retired CFO, retired CPA. So I don't know if you've ever met a Scorpio meets CPA meets CFO. Let's just say, and not to, obviously there's all kinds. So this is just, I'm just being silly about my dad, but basically with my dad, he was just not the most you know, Scorpio is a fixed sign and any fixed sign, you're fixed, you're Aquarius, you're fixed air. So my dad is fi a fixed water sign. And what was interesting about my dad, and of course, I'm a 35-year-old quote-unquote adult, you know, with this perspective at this point, but he just didn't know how to explain things to me in a way that could acknowledge or honor who and how I function. I have a very creative brain. As I got older, had my spiritual awakening at 19, I became very, very energetic. And especially through my 20s, doing Kundalini, all the, you know, the things that I was doing, the inner work and the exploration. I got very like energetic or what's a good way to put that? I don't know. Like I hopefully all my woo-woos out there know what I'm talking about, but I just got more sensitive <laughs> yeah. and I got more tuned into energetics, the energetics within myself, the energetics around me and try explaining like money management and stocks and investments to someone like me when you're someone like my dad. And yet the whole world, in my opinion, explains this stuff just like that. So for me, there I was 30 years old having a breakdown in my mom's bathroom. I was at home visiting because I was like, mom, money isn't meant for people like me. I'm never going to get it. I mean, talk about some, you know, very disempowering statements, but I felt that hopeless. Like I was 30 years old. I was like, I'm just, I'm not going to get this. I haven't got it yet. But I feel like sometimes in those moments of surrender, not that I ever encourage anyone to talk to themselves like that, but I almost feel like I needed to break down so low mm -hmm. that trip. And I looked myself in the mirror and I was like, a year from now, everything is going to change. I give you my word. I give you my word. And I think that when we surrender, yet we commit, I think that we employ and we conjure the power of life and the universe and our higher self and our intuition. And I was guided to tools and teachers and messaging that would help me further unfurl this Rubik's cube of financial empowerment and financial literacy. So the big thing is I just, I didn't see anyone teaching it in a way that I could understand. So I decided to learn, especially from the personal development space, we'll say, because the teacher that really broke things open for me, he's an author. His name's T. Harv Acker, Secrets of a Millionaire Mind. I went to a three-day seminar of his twice. The first time I left, 
total self-sabotage move, but it's okay. And then the second time I went and I stayed the full time. And by that time, the second time that I attended, I was just like, I am freaking going for this. Like I cannot, I'm 31 years old. I cannot live with it like this anymore. And just like that, a decision is an incision in consciousness as Tony Robbins says. And I just transformed and I applied myself and I did really uncomfortable things. So my intense love and passion of helping other women with their financial literacy is because I know that so much of the world, especially when you're sensitive, you're energetic, <laughs> my energetic booze. Like, I don't know. I don't know if other people feel like me. I feel like they do. I've got yeah. MWMM yes. and I just feel like we're like, we need this conversation to have the deeper component, the why, because even being someone who stepped into a higher receptivity with my income, I've learned firsthand that making more money doesn't heal fear of money. It doesn't fear, it doesn't heal like fear of lack of safety, like whatever. So we have to do the inner part too. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm going to just stop right there, but that's my why. Oh my God. I love it. I'm like, don't stop. Keep going. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm just going to take a pause and take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Take a sip of water. I'll fill some space. No, honestly, it's so good. And, you know, I love the way that you teach on money and the way that you show up for the women within your communities. It's fantastic. And you can see with the relationship that you have with your audience as well, like it's helping so many women. I adore it. And I guess for those that are listening and, you know, maybe wanting to start to heal some of their own money stuff that's going on, are there some common grounds? Are there maybe a couple of little things that you could sort of just touch on in terms of maybe some of the biggest blocks, I guess, for lack of a better word, or biggest areas for healing that you see a lot within your membership? Could you speak to those a little bit for those that are listening? Yeah. So we have five what I like to call success tracks in MWMM. And the reason we have these five is because I pulled our community over and over and over, both within MWMM and just in the NB community of like, what struggles do you have with money? And these seem to be the five that we really synthesize. So income, debt, feeling at peace with money, managing and investing money, and also just how to approach your business and how to grow your business and how to structure your business, things like this. So this to me, of course, there's the things that can come forward and unique iterations of these five themes. But these to me, at least within our community, seem to be the stuff that caused a lot of women the most trouble and felt the most challenging and confusing to figure out. I think for a lot of people making money and structuring a business. I feel like I mainly work with entrepreneurial women. That is definitely not the easiest for many because it's like, how do I not carbon copy what's worked for someone else, but trust my own path? Mm -hmm. So there's that. And then in terms of actually making money, you know, selling 
whether, you know, obviously when you have a job or a career that where you're working for someone else's company, making more money oftentimes is in your raises, it's in your income, it's in your options with the company, but you have to be providing a specific value and a specific, let's, I just say scope of work, even though that's probably not what they say companies. I've had one real job, like corporate job (laughs) in my life. So that's finally what I realized over the years, I was like, I really want to help everyone, but I don't know how to communicate all of this to everyone just because, like I said, I've done the business thing, the entrepreneurial thing since I was 19. I, I just kind of always knew I wanted that. So anyways, I was just, just noting that if I totally yeah. butchered that, that name, I was like, I don't know what to call it. But also, <laughs> in addition to that, I feel like when you have your own business or you are figuring out how to make money in your own way, in your own terms, selling is really important or setting up your business as you teach, Taylor, with automations. But everything has to be value-driven. Like Whether you're making money in a job or you're making money in a business, you have to be providing some value or service. So that seems to be something that I think people get really like, what am I here to do? How Mm -hmm. do I do that, Natalia? And a really big key that we haven't touched on yet, and I haven't mentioned much, but you know, I bring astrology into everything. Like I'm a student of astrology. And for me, one of the tools that has assisted me and hundreds to even thousands of women that I've worked with over the years is getting to know your unique natal chart and how to express your natal chart in your relationship to money and in your relationship to business. So that's definitely what I'm really passionate about. I don't even know if I answered your question. I think I answered your last question with this question. (laughs) And you already answered my next one because I really wanted to start talking about astrology. So you're all just doing this solo. (laughs) That's good. Oh my God. For per usual. It's such a good segue though. You know, let's move into the astrology side of things, you know, for those that then start to welcome in their natal chart. And I guess there'd be a lot listening who probably don't even know what a natal chart actually is. So maybe just touching on that and it doesn't have to be like a textbook definition, but just why it's important and how people can start to understand that. And I guess some of the differences that you see for people, like even for yourself, like Was there a time when you weren't honoring the astrology side of things? And then was there like a light bulb moment where that sort of switch went off and you started applying it and what changed for you? Yeah. Well, what I would say first things first is, so this is actually a concept that I started teaching really over the last year that very often within the natal chart, and I'm happy to to share what the natal chart actually is, but something that I find really fascinating is People are most oftentimes expressing their natal chart naturally, mm-hmm. but there are unique octaves to a placement. So there's almost like the sleeping octave and the awake and aware octave. And we can be, okay, so this is going to be a really weird example, but I'm an Aries. I'm an Aries stellium, which means I have four or more planets or points in the sign of Aries. I'm super duper Aries basically. And when I was in college, I decided to work for Red Bull. What could be more Aries than working for an energy drink company? I can't believe I drank energy drinks, by the way, but I did. So it was just, yeah. Oh <laughs> no my God. I would game. like drink them and go to the gym. Yeah. Like, holy shit. My, like, my, uh, my crux was white monsters. Do you guys have them over there? 
Oh my God. I'm sure we do. I never got into monsters. Oh my God. I used to have one every single time before I would hit the gym, go to a big powerlifting session. And I was looking at it the other day because being pregnant, I've got to be mindful of like how much caffeine. Not that I was going to drink one. I was just very interested. And it's almost the equivalent of like three coffees. And I was like, holy shit. (laughs) I used to just down one and in we'd go. And later I remember I talked to like a kinesiologist. I was having all these issues. He's like, well, did you used to drink energy drinks? And I was like, (laughs) Yeah, all the time, every day. He's like, (laughs) yeah, he's like, okay. So anyhow, the Aries and the energy drink things. So here's the thing. I I have an Aries stellium. So Aries is the archetype of like the independent. And we're more, we are very independent, leadership oriented and fiery. Now the house that this stellium is in is called the third house of communication, marketing, social media. So I was expressing this octave of independence, having my own thing. Obviously, what could be more Aries than a freaking energy drink? And then the third house is marketing. And Red Bull used to always say, we are a marketing company that sells an energy drink. And I look back on that time and I'm like, I was expressing that sort of placement, but in like my sleepy phase. Now, Mm. I mean, my podcast is the embodiment of me, my mission, Aries, communicating in my own way. And yeah, doing it just like me, but communicating, sharing. And that's really to just to synthesize that. It's very fascinating. Like, And of course, if you look at your own placements, which I'll explain what the natal chart is, but if you look at your own placements, you might see where you are living through a placement, but it's not in its fullest potential. Mm. And sometimes you can't know what the fullest potential of that is. You have to live into it. And again, that listening to the heart conversation that I started with. So what the heck is the natal chart? So the natal chart is essentially, it's a chart. It's exactly where the planets were the moment you were born. So what we as astrologers do is we look at this chart And we look at your placements and it helps give us insights of the power, the potential, the challenges, the gaps, but also the focus that your soul came here to embody. And I take it a step further with the focus rather on, I call it like a business blueprint and a money blueprint and even your working style blueprint because it can really just help you get to know like, What's my unique way of doing business? What's my unique way of relating to money? What's my unique way of making money? So I'll pause it right there. But that's a really cool, fascinating way to like explore something that usually feels very impersonal. So I know how powerful it is to be able to really get clear on what you need to focus on in your business. I think that it can be one of the most powerful things when you have clarity because it means that you can really get clear on the actions that you need to be taking. And one of the things that helps me to get really, really clear is using my sacred funnel calculator. That's right. I have put together a calculator that literally breaks down what your revenue projections are going to be in your business based on the funnels that you have in place. There's three different funnels that the calculations are done for you. It's all broken down. It's all in a really easy to use spreadsheet. And the best bit, it's 100% free. So I put this calculator together because I think that when you have clarity around 
around the potential with your funnel, it gets really beautiful because you really know what you need to be focusing on in order to drive the bottom line in your business. So I have this calculator available for you right now. It is free and you can download it by heading to sacredfunnels.com forward slash calculator. On the flip side of that, because I love all of that, you know I love it, and I loved when you looked at my chart and even just having this conversation is making me want to revisit and like look at different elements of things again. It's like reminding me. But I guess on the other side of that, do you ever see where people come almost like desperately seeking the answer and like looking at it as though like this is going to be the thing and it's going to define everything? Is there a risk in that, I guess? Oh, absolutely. I even again had this conversation this morning where I was like, you guys, I'm not going to teach you. I was like, I'm not going to teach you business structure if you're going to forget about your creativity. I'm not going to teach you strategy if you're going to try to do it perfectly or or forget about your heart and your intuition. You need both sides. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like with astrology, and I like to call it like my mystic's code of ethics, you really want to make sure to teach astrology in an empowering fashion because much of astrology and like, let's say like older schools of astrology, they can be very fatalistic and they just tell you who you are instead of allowing you to unfold your power and your potential. And you have to be mindful. And I have to do the same. Like I've been reading my tarot since I was 22. And even now when I get the tower card, I get so upset. And I'm just like, honey, I'm like, this is like reflecting your inner self. So just go ahead and explore what's going on. It's like, but instead so often we can give these things and these tools power over us. And that's not the point. It's really to help us have a guide map to unfold our potential and explore ourselves with a little bit of help. I just think otherwise you're just like, wait, should I do this? Should I do that? And I don't know much about human design, but I think the marriage and the exploration of your astrological chart and getting to know the basics of your human design, that's been a big thing for me. It's something that I share in my work, not as much the human design piece, but I'm like, hey, go listen to like Aaron Claire. Yeah. Go find about out about your astrol- your human design. I'm like, I only know about mine barely, yeah. but it's definitely nice to know how to run the energy in your business or run the energy and the way that you show up in your life. Mm-hmm. In and also have like that partnering with your astrological natal chart and the understanding. Yeah. It's like having your little, oh, I just looked, it's 1111 my time. Oh, I love that. <laughs> but it's, it's like having, cosmic. oh, I know. It's about having, you know, it's almost like your little toolbox of things. And I think drawing from it things that feel supportive and expansive rather than and I'm I'm actually saying this is almost a reminder to myself because I've very much tried to latch onto things in the past and I guess my human design is a reflector and so we're not really meant to be defined at all we're meant to be very fluid and so I've continuously through life tried to find specific tools and oh this is the thing and that's going to give me the answer but that's that's often felt very restrictive and almost disappointing yeah. which is my not self theme so it's very interesting to frustration's mine and I'm like oh, I am feeling frustrated I'm like <laughs> I'm not being myself it's no it's it's so nice we have these tools like yeah. but we cannot forget the flip side of the way that we relate to our own unique journey yeah I think that's the same with anything We can't lean too strong into theory 
and but spoken like an Aries, right? I'm like, no, just lean into your action. But I think action's important. Experience. Oh my God, massively, massively. Yeah. And in life, I've really thought of myself as almost like a metronome because obviously I'm like you, like, you know, I, I very much have taught over time very strategically and then very spiritually. And I felt like I'm a metronome that's meant to kind of swing between whenever I swing all the way one way and I'm like, no, oh, this is how I am. Like I'm all the way, it's awful. Like it feels like things crumble down and then I'm like, what? let's kick it over to the other side. And then that doesn't go well either. So it's about for me finding that equilibrium with all things, not just like spirituality versus strategy, yes. but like all of the things like, you know, let yes. yourself be a bit of a balance rather than okay, this is who I am and this is how I'm defined and this is what I must be. It's like you're able to change. And I think too, the seasons of life, like again, that's something that I'm learning so much about as I step into a very new season of life. You change, you change with time. And I think, yes, you can find, I guess, comfort or support as you go through from these tools. But I think trying to give yourself a hard definition as this is what I am and that's all that I am forever it's limiting, you know, and I know that you've gone through a new season of life recently. You just got married, which is so exciting. How do you feel different in that way? You know, obviously your relationship, life, business, have there been changes that have come going into this new season? Oh my God. Yes. I mean, wow. I love being married. I love being married to Mick. Like he is just such a growth oriented human being which is why I knew he was my partner. It's not like our relationship is perfect. He is not perfect. I am not perfect. But we are seekers on the path together. And this has been one of the hardest years. Like every year to me is like, I'm sorry, are we ever going to have a year where we're like, it was lickety split. Like, of course, we come again. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's like this year has had some deep challenges. And I just think it's such a sweet, adorable thing of like our ego to be like, this is my year. Like, no problems, no sunny days every day. Like, it's just like, that's not how it goes. And that's to me, it's, I actually remember speaking to one of my old friends in a mastermind I was in. I was going through a real rough patch and he sent me an excerpt from a book he was reading and it said, a challenging day for the ego is a glorious day for the soul. And mm-hmm. I love that. And I hold to that because a challenging time for the ego is a glorious time for the soul. And the soul grows through challenge and we, we grow through the pressures of life and of course, ease and joy and peace and pleasure are part of it. But oftentimes they're rich in their experiences because of what we move through. So for Mick and I, this has been one of the hardest years I think we've had, but also the most beautiful and the most rewarding. Mm-hmm. And Mick is my longest relationship, my most serious relationship. I mean, so serious that I was like, let's get like, yeah, we're getting married. But yeah. I've never been in a relationship with someone for this long. Mm-hmm. And I was mostly single in my 20s and living in Los Angeles. And I think the biggest thing that my business has taught me over the years, but now being married has taught me is that you don't quit when it's hard. Mm. And of course, and by the way, there's so many ways to misconstrue that because when your heart is in and your heart knows you stay, if something is blatantly unhealthy, abusive, you don't like that. No, you fucking quit. Like it's like you, you leave. But when you are in something where your heart is there, 
your heart is in your business, your heart is with the person that you're with, then you stay and you ride the waves. And I never used to be someone who did that. I left and I was very, I still have an avoidant personality, but that was my go-to is I was just like, oh, you're struggling or you have an issue. I'm out. Like, I don't know how to deal with this because I didn't know how to deal with my own stuff. Mm. So being in a relationship where I'm committed and I'm in, having that grace to walk through challenge with someone and help them grow on both sides. So we both, like I said, are committed to growth. That's been one of the most rewarding things for me this year beyond the business, beyond anything else. It's been actually learning and growing through my partnership. And I never thought I'd be someone to say that because I'm very like career oriented Mm -hmm. and I've always looked to that for like my identity over the years, but then seeing that there's so much richness and depth in relationships. Mm -hmm. And as an Aries, that's a big statement (laughs) because we're definitely more like independent. So it's definitely really powerful. That's amazing. That might not be the answer you are looking for, but that's the truth. The answer, (laughs) the truth is what we want. That's all that we ever want. No, it's so good. And I identify with that so much, that last piece that you said around your identity being so much around your career and your business. And I have for most of my life been like that as well. And again, the change of season, I feel like it's almost a little bit scary, almost like leaning into like, wait a sec, like, actually, I don't think that that's the definition of me anymore. You know, there's actually other things that for me was the second I got pregnant, it was like all my values and priorities just completely shifted like as soon as I knew. And it's very interesting navigating that. And I think it's it's quite vulnerable to share that on your end as well, you know, because I think so much of what you shared is vulnerable because I think, you know, even outside looking in, you know, it's very easy on social media, you know, we see you got married and it was so beautiful and how amazing and she's flourishing in business and all these (laughs) things. But to be very honest and say, it's been a challenging year and even within the relationship and things like that as well. It's nice to hear because I think it can be very easy (laughs) as we know everybody just shares highlight reels and that's fine like on social. But I think being able to understand like there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that is very challenging. And as you said, at the beginning, you're in a place in your life where, you know, outwardly, yes, you've got everything that you want, but it doesn't mean that there aren't moments of struggle and aren't things that are difficult and things that we have to pursue through and move through together so I think you know it's just it's insightful to be able to share that and without any like there's no hiding in mine I think I've talked about this before but (laughs) we've the same in our relationship too mine and James's like you know we very much had our challenges and I'm first to say that I was the one who was like more likely to say well I did I said I want out like I can't do this anymore and he was very much like no where this was in the yeah, middle of COVID and it, we were, yes. it was very tough, you know, and thank God, like I, I say to him all the time, I'm so grateful that you fought for that and you said, no, we're going to keep moving through this. Like there's so much to be done here before we just tap out. No, then I honestly, like I thank God for that because I, like my life now is so beautiful and I'm so grateful and we're having a kid and, you know, it's amazing. And oh, I, again, so it's, excited. It's yeah, it very much. I was listening to a podcast the other day and it's completely like a tangent, but someone can't even remember who it was, but they were saying that when it comes to relationships, if like exactly what you said, if your heart is in it, if you know that you're in it for the long run and it's it's somewhere that you actually want to be coming at it from a binary 
yes or no, in or out is the complete wrong way to go about things. Like it, you should be coming from this place of I'm in this with you forever. Like we're in this for the long haul. However, this is how I'm feeling right now. I'm not getting what I need or it's really upsetting to me. Like I need to speak about this and I want to work through it with you. That is the difference when it comes to the relationship. And that for me, you know, I learned that lesson in 2020, very close call on my end. And at the time I thought that I was doing the right thing for me. But it turns out that the right thing for me was what ended up happening, of course, and big lessons out of that. Oh, my gosh. And I want to just add this in really quickly because Mick and I were moving through a really challenging moment this year. And one of my best friends, Victoria, she was like, you should listen to a book or read a book called Nonviolent Communication. Very famous book, Nonviolent Communication. He was a Libra. I was like, of course he wrote Nonviolent Communication. It's a beautiful book. And one morning, I, God, universe will just drop things into your life, like the moment you need it. And I was like, okay. And I sat down, I took notes and I just really realized even last night, like the little thing I told you about where I sat with myself and Mm. identified my feelings and communicated with my body instead of ignoring myself, which has kind of been my, it's been my MO for most of my life was just like, no, you just keep going and that's it. And what was beautiful about this experience, learning how to communicate and learning how to communicate nonviolently, meaning like I respect the integrity of this person, which is why I'm staying, which is why I'm choosing to work like and create a great relationship and be the best version of myself and commit to my growth. And I realized that he had no idea how I was feeling. So how is he supposed to make any shifts if he has no idea? Because I'm not even owning how I feel. And it's funny because relationships are so important when you are living a life that you not only want to look good, like on your highlight reel, but most of all, you want it to feel good. Mm -hmm. And relationships are the core of our happiness. Like no matter what like I think about like with Mick, like being able to celebrate with him. Like I just moved into an office, which it's a little echoey in here still, but it's like so being exciting. able to celebrate these things with him. It's like, because he loves me, he respects me and cherishes me. And we are on the path together. It makes every business win, every challenge, every money moment, whether it be exciting or really nerve wracking it makes it all so much better because I'm walking beside someone that I truly authentically love and respect and who I'm curious about continuing to know. And I pray that for every single person, if they want to be in a relationship, whatever version or iteration of a relationship they desire. But I think having a partner or someone in your life who just admires you and respects you is so big and you can walk through anything mm-hmm. when you know that's on the table. So yeah, it's been a beautiful year. And mm. then the wedding was gorgeous. And then I was like, oh, this is what marriage really means. Like, yeah, weddings are nice and we had the best time. And I told them, I was like, in five years, we are doing this again because look at what we've moved through in four years in our relationship in the first year of our marriage. Like, we are getting married again in five years. Like we're going to keep, par- we're going to have another party yes. and I'm getting another dress and we're going to just keep committing and our vows are going to evolve to each other. And it's that's just, lovely. that's, yeah, that's my, 
that's I'm excited about that. I'm already planning it in my head. <laughs> I'm gonna aim. I'm inviting myself now. <laughs> I'm oh, like, you're, I'm gonna you're, be there. In you five are years. coming. <laughs> I cannot wait. Let's go. Oh, no, I, you're holding me to it. Yeah, I'll be your accountability partner. <laughs> five years, you got to renew those vows. Uh, bring oh, the baby. Yes, there might be two by then. Who knows? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> if we're blessed, if we're blessed enough, but we're, we'll bring the one that we've got. <laughs> I can't oh wait. my god. I, I love this. I want to keep talking to you forever, but I will. I do have one question I want to ask you. And I guess, you know, leaning back into that vulnerability piece, is there something that is struggle or something that you're healing, something that you're working on at the moment that's paramount to you in terms of where you see yourself going? You know, maybe a year from now, what does that look like? And what do you feel like you need to work on in order for that to actually happen? Yeah. So I'm listening to a book right now called Discipline is Destiny by Ryan Holiday. And Love it's him. so good. Oh my God. He's brilliant. And Mick really likes him. And I'd never really, I'd heard of him because of Mick because he was reading Courage is Calling. Yeah. And I listened to him on like Lewis Howe's podcast and I never really keyed in, but discipline is destiny. I mean, I have a Capricorn ascendant, like I have a Saturn ruler, like discipline is my key word. And I feel like I'm in a space right now in the evolving my relationship to money and moving where I truly want to go with some of the habits that I currently have are not going to take me there. Even though I teach money, even though I teach business, it doesn't mean I don't struggle with it. It doesn't mean that just because I'm at a certain space with it, that it doesn't still have its benchmark that it's holding for me to grow and get better without giving too much away because I'm still very much like in it right now. Yes. And I don't know if I'll ever talk about this. Like, I think people who are close to me know that I am figuring this out in my relationship to money. But to me, it also keeps the richness in how I teach because I'm so committed to my process. And I would hope that one day I'm just sitting on in my little chair and I'm just like, money and I are perfect together and we are perfect and we are perfect forever. That would be really, really nice. So we'll <laughs> see. But truthfully, I feel yeah. like my relationship to money is in a state right now where more discipline is called for, where I'm actually going to start exploring my own version of budgeting. I want to see how can I connect to budgeting as like a creative spiritual woman and see what I can create because I feel like so many people think budgeting is like annoying. And I actually mm. agree. Not everyone, of course. Some people are like, I love a budget, but it's like, I feel like I want to explore how can I budget and organize. I have my management system, which is fantastic, but I'm like, how can I like actually budget and get into the minutiae of a budget that doesn't feel limiting, but rather feels freedom inducing. Mm. And Ryan Holiday's book is really helping me with just this relationship to doing the hard stuff. Like, okay, you don't want to do that, Natalia. I'm not saying this to anyone else, by the way, but this is how I talk to myself a lot. I'm like, you don't want to do that. I'm like, well, remember that time when you didn't want to learn money management and then you did and you created the business, the income, 
the stability, all the things you've been yearning for for over a decade, and you just had to learn this one thing. So I'm like, what if the next iteration of my goals, my dreams, my next level of stability is rooted in this thing that I've resisted all my life? So mm. I'll keep you posted, but um, that's what I, I would it. say I'm working on and just that love and that gracious relationship to my own sense of self-discipline and doing the hard things is definitely like important to me. Mm. I think that's honestly what makes you such a good leader too. And someone who can teach so beautifully on money because you don't put yourself on a pedestal of like, and it's done, all the work (laughs) is done. I never have to touch it again. And I think for those that learn from you as well, that's actually empowering for them because I think otherwise it can be very easy to go, oh, the person that I'm learning from is perfect and never struggles with it. And as humans, we're never perfect, but if we compare to that version that we've created of someone else, we never feel like we're enough because we're always working on it. So those that are learning from you are always going to be working on something. And if they think, well, Natalia never works on anything, like until I'm there, I haven't made it. The fact that you're honest and open about the fact that you are still working on things yourself is actually so empowering for the people who are learning from you. So I applaud you for sharing that. And, you know, I have no doubt it's as you step into that and the discipline of learning the things that's going to take you to beautiful new levels. And I'm so excited to see it unfold. I love you. Well, when I talk about something, that's especially when I know I'm ready to commit because accountability is so important to me. And when I know that there's other people who are like, they need something it makes me even more excited and like committed to learn it through myself. Mm-hmm. So you heard it here Beautiful. first, honey, buddy bunches. <laughs> yeah, the exclusive. <laughs> Final question, just a quick one. I always love to finish with this and I feel like you'll have something so potent and powerful to share. Just what's coming through? The last thing that you want to leave our listeners with, anything that's coming mm-hmm. through that is a beautiful final note to finish on. Oh my God. Well, two things. Number one, Tay, I just love you so much. I know I've told you this before, but you are just one of the most like in integrity humans I've ever met. And this has just been such an honor. And I feel so safe to just be myself and, you know, share myself and share my heart. So thank you for the opportunity to do this today. And I feel like the last little thing, let me like tap in for a second. I just feel like wherever you are, learn to trust yourself, learn to create a relationship with your heart, like the subtlety of who you are, not just your talking mind, not just the part of you that has a story and an answer for everything and an opinion about everything, about who you are, what you can do, like create quiet moments with yourself. We didn't talk about this much today, but I am a morning practitioner. Like I, I, even if my practice is 15 minutes, I always, sometimes I take the day off on Sundays, just to be honest, but I always stay committed to my practices because my practices are what not only enrich me, but they remind me of why I'm doing all of this in the first place. And it helps me connect to that subtle part of me, but also that intentional part of me because the word desire, desire of the sire, of the father, the desires, the cravings, the things that you would love to experience in your life as a soul incarnate in a body, think of that as the way that the universe as God explores and experiences itself through you. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's 
just a way that, you know, the morning practice is a way we can connect and just remember those desires and give them space and room to breathe. And I just think, know that you've got it because you fucking do. And even when you feel like you don't, you just put one foot in front of the other and you just stay curious and bring love into your process and just do your best. And that's what it's about. Just don't stop. Thank you. God, I love you so much. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> uh, this was the honor best. to have you. This is such a joy Thank for me. You. And I know for everyone listening, it would have been so powerful. So, so powerful. So you. thank you, my love. Please let everyone know where they can find you and connect with you and get all your beautiful, magical resources. Tell them all. Oh, the yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm super active on Instagram. It's just at Natalia underscore Benson. And then my website is NataliaBenson.com. If you'd like to explore a little bit about my money membership, Magical Women and Money, you can just go to magicalwomenandmoney.com. And I also have a really beautiful free five-day money mastery for spiritual solopreneurs. Very, very beautiful training sequence. And you can just opt into that through my Instagram if you want to get to know my work and like my style, especially in the way that I pull money, astrology, and business together. So that's it, baby. Thank you so much. This was like the best interview ever. I had so much fun. Oh, I had so much fun too. And also your podcast. You have the Natalia Benson podcast. And yes. if you love this and you want to have like part two of our chat, you can go and listen to my interview on Natalia's and that was the beautiful best. as well. So I've gotten so many DMs oh. this week. Everyone's like, oh, thank you for bringing Tay on. Thank oh. you for the information. Like you gave us like a full blown like masterclass. It was so <laughs> powerful. I loved it. Oh, cherish you, my love. Thank you so much love for you. coming on. Love Bye. you. Bye. Bye.